You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Well, Tim Bohr, uh, we've talked about leadership and we talk about roles and uh I guess my question is, um, it seems like uh, a band that has those hired guns on the, ro- uh, on the road, that could be a real opportunity because at least the, the, the people who are in those hired guns roles, that role is very clearly defined. There's a real limit as to what they are allowed to influence for the rest of the band dynamic. Uh, do you have any sort of thoughts on the advantages for an artist taking higher guns out on the road for those reasons? I, I really think that there's too many, there's too many variables to answer that definitively. You know, um, you know, look, you know, we got, we got two very different situations on this call between Mike with Ice Nine Kills and, and, and Tim with, with Under Oath, both highly successful bands both bands proving to have a lot of longevity. And I think it has a lot of, lot to do with the personality makeup of, you know, of, of certain members of the, of the, of the band. I think it has a lot to do with who's re- driving the creative content. You know, t- Tim, Tim mentioned it, you know, with under oath, there's, there's three creative forces in that band, you know, that, that band's probably not the same band. It might be, an equally successful different band, but they're probably not the same band if there's just one, you know, creative force in that band. On the other hand, you know, Mike's got Ice Nine Kills and, and, and there's one main creative force there. But I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question specifically because I, I do think there's just a lot of variables there, but I, you know, there's, there's, this is kind of one of those situations where there's no wrong answer. Um, you know, and I, I think, look, if, you, if you've got create, if you've got, you've got hired guns in the band and they're supporting the end game the right way, then, you know, no shame in that game. You know, there's no, um, you know, if that, if that doesn't interrupt the process of trying to get from A to Z uh, and doing it in a non-stressful or a less stressful kind of way to, to meet those goals, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no wrong answer there, I don't think. Cool. Thanks. Mike, uh, uh, it, you know, communication is one thing and being skilled communicator, but uh, what about band agreements, especially like, you know, when you talk about where people everywhere in all walks of life had trouble communicating in all relationships, it usually comes down to money. Are there band agreements that you encourage your clients or you have in the past to have with each other 
in, in, uh, in terms of money and how money is going to be split. Yeah, amongst other things. I mean, some of the stuff Tim is talking about, uh, Tim from Under Oath, it's like even the decision-making process can go into a band agreement. Uh, it doesn't have to, however. Yeah, I think, um, you know, typically most bands, I presume, start off as friends and they're doing it for fun. Maybe they've got some aspirations, but really they've got to go out and see if there's any traction in any capacity. They've got to do it. They've got to create the couple EPs. They've got to lose a member. They've got to do any of that before they need to really worry about whether or not somebody's going to run off with, you know, the 10 speed bicycle that the singer has, you know, when it all falls out, there's got to be something to agree on. And so my experience has been, however, once you've got to that point and as Tim Bohr just said, there's no definitive point that I can tell you other than when you're starting to get to, uh, yeah, you're starting to get to a place where the asset, whether it's the name, the logo, uh, you know, and the underlying music and the splits that come with it and the money generated from it, once it's worth something, right? Then, yeah, there should probably be some form of agreement that, you know, navigates what happens when somebody leaves. You know, how is it that somebody leaves? Um, there's a lot that goes into those, but I would recommend them as opposed to not recommending them. Absolutely. Tim McTagg, uh, were there any best practices that you're glad that you were introduced to you and Under Oath early in your career when it comes to what we're talking about, the business side, uh, the money, the, uh, the, the, the assets of the band? Yeah, I mean, for us, like, we don't have a contract with our lawyer. We don't have a contract with our manager. We don't have a contract with our agent. And we have actually no internal agreement as a band. Uh, the only thing that we actually have legal contracts for are obviously publishing and record labels because we can't produce music and do that without those contracts or, or a merch deal or something like that. Um, we've always operated on good faith. Uh, and that was obviously put to the test when we had our hiatus and we had, you know, one of our key members, Aaron, our drummer, left in 2009, came back in 16 when we uh, kind of went on hiatus and came back. And, you know, the way we dealt with that without going super far into everyone's business was like, if you're here, you're here. And if you're gone, you're gone. And the records you played on, like we get royalty checks were good, but it's not like, yo, I left in December. But then after the show I played with you on December 31st, you got that big, you know, ETID festival show. Without, without my work, you wouldn't have gotten those opportunities. I want residuals from that. Like, we just don't play that game. And so, like, when Daniel, our friend, came into the band, even that wasn't a hired gun scenario. It's like, dude, you come in, you know, let's do a tour together. If you want to stay in the band, like, you're just, you're just one sixth. I don't think that that's actually correct business-wise. I'm sure like everyone else on this panel is literally like, oh my God, like these freaking rednecks don't even know how to run a business, you know? Um, but I think I, for us that's worked. But if I was an actual manager or someone consulting, which I, this call is, I would say you should have exit agreements because, you know, what happens when, I, I see this a lot with bands, like bands go off tour bands write songs together this even happens in our band but we just don't care but then like you see lead singer x or y doing full record that we all wrote acoustic for profit solo like on a solo tour 
And it's like, how does that work? Like, is that something that's legal? Should that be cleared? Should we share in that revenue? Uh, what does the merch look like? Are you using record assets? There's so many sticky things that if you don't trust the people you're with, it can go really sour really quick. And for us, like we allow everyone rope and we also have everyone's support on like, yo, this is a little close. Let's, let's try to massage this to where we're not chopping you at the knees, but you're not abusing our brand for personal gain. And I think a lot of bands do that. And like, you know, Anthony Green does that. And, you know, Anthony from Bayside and, you know, Adam from TBS, like all, all of the super creatives, especially the frontmen, can have side streams of revenue with also my work as the guitar player that wrote that riff that you're now playing without me there. You're on tour without me there. And so that, if you let that get to you, that can be a rub. And I think it does rub a lot of people and it rubs people not because they're selfish, it's because I think if you look at it that way, that's actually not that cool. Oh, so it, there's got to be some sort of clearance. Like, yo, I'm trying to do this. Is everyone okay with it? Maybe it's like, yo, I'll cut you guys in. Or if anyone wants to come on the tour, I don't know. Biggie probably has more, uh, you know, uh, insight into multiple bands with multiple, you know, uh, varying famous personalities monetizing individually based on the band's brand. But I mean, for me, it's like, we don't really have any of that. And it's like, you know, the big problem is like, you sign a merch deal. It's a two-year merch deal. This guy quits because he wants to go to law school three months in, but there's this recoup, but you have the advance. So now what do we do? Do you give me your money back so that we can put it back towards the advance? Do you stay in the band until the advance is, you know, paid off? And we don't really do a lot of that big business where we get really deep in debt and underwater, uh, ideally. Um, so we've never really had that rub. And again, we've had the same lineup since 2003, aside from the few years when Aaron left and Daniel came in. So we're all in the wins and the losses long-term. Uh, but it would be really sticky if someone just decided today to quit. And it's like, but we have some debt that we have to pay back. Like the record advance, you're on the record contract. Like how, how do we even get you off of that? And so for us, that would be a bit chaotic if someone just went bananas uh, because we actually don't have any legal uh, structure there. And I know that's not right, but that's how we Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.